everybody. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Soaring to New Heights, the podcast through the Office of Global Education here at Boston College, where we explore the global experiences of faculty, staff, and students. Today, I'm here with Misty, who studied abroad in Vietnam, um, a, a place that I've, uh, I've often had an interest in going to, and I, I don't think I told you this, Misty, but um, I, I considered it once there was a, an opportunity to go teach English in, in Vietnam for, for a, a bit, and I considered it, but decided against it nonetheless, but it, it seems like a really cool place and I'm, I'm excited to kind of have an opportunity to uh, talk a little bit more about your experience, but I'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Misty. I am a junior in the Cano School of Nursing. Um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I was actually born in Vietnam and I haven't been back since um, like 2017. And I hope that you change your mind about Vietnam and... <laughs> um, take up that opportunity yeah so you that's a really interesting um i think beginning narrative you you were born in vietnam moved and you went back a few years a little while back and um and and then returned back for study an opportunity to study abroad were there some similarities or differences between each of those experiences that you had in vietnam Um, my experience, like coming back just to visit and then the study abroad. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. I, in 2017, I came back to visit my family and it was more vacation and like just traveling. Um, study abroad was more of going to different places, learning and fully like acclimating myself to mm. like Vietnam and like the people because I've always had my family that are like take care of me or like buy things for me I've never had to like use the currency or like uh. get around by myself because my uncles would just like take me anywhere I wanted yeah. to go so it was it was a new experience what what was that like having to like you know it, it's not what I'm hearing is that yeah you had a like a strong familiarity with the country but this was a different experience that you were you were putting yourself into what was it like um having to take those extra steps to uh you know use the currency or communicate um in order to solve your own problems i felt like a big girl i uh-huh. felt like it was one of my like big girl moments um and i celebrated my birthday there and oh, wow it was It was such a surreal like experience because my family was always in the background. They were yeah. like, "If you need anything, like let us know, call us, do this, do that." And I did. I did use them for a lot of things, like getting, yeah, <laughs> getting like my Wi-Fi set up, or exchanging currency or anything like that. But getting around and I just wanted to do things on my own. I just wanted to prove to myself that I can like move to a different country for yeah. four months and like live on my own and do things on my own. Yeah. The area where you studied in Vietnam, is it the area where you grew up? It I so I study in Ho Chi Minh City, mm-hmm. which is the like the biggest city in in south in southern Vietnam. Yeah. I grew up like um a little bit of north. Hmm. Like northern than that. And um it's more of like a village or like um like a little town than yeah, like a city. Yeah. So it was very different. Did you, um, uh, what were some of the things that you found different between your experience growing up and, and then your, your experience in a, in a much larger city? Mm-hmm. So I grew up on a farm. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> that's fair. I can see where there are some significant differences there. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. Um, everyone knows everybody. There's yeah. like one restaurant that everyone goes to, one supermarket, uh, one school, one church, one pagoda. Um, 
and pagoda being like a temple like okay. a buddhist temple and i think the biggest difference is i grew up like herding cows and swimming in uh-huh. lakes and walking barefoot like like everywhere yeah versus a city where you definitely should not walk barefoot uh-huh. where, <laughs> where there are no cows to herds there, there were like so much traffic um so much like going on it's a busy city yeah the nightlife is crazy the city never sleeps yeah um so it was a very different experience that's really interesting to me because what it's making me think of sometimes is um how easy it is for even us in the united states to overgeneralize what the country is like i mean it's a it's huge right it's 300 million people Mm -hmm. and um and we you know we make these assumptions about uh okay, well, people in this part of the country are like this and people in this other part, you know, the North, the South, right? You know, the Midwest, we've got all these large-scale geographic, you know, cultural uh, uh, reference points. But it, but it, it's interesting to hear you say that you lived in two separate parts of the country and they were vastly different. Oh yeah. And and someone who may think of a country having never been there might not be able to pinpoint those differences. Mm-hmm. And Vietnam specifically because it has like those very big regional differences. Um, like the north is very different from central and then the south, and then our dialects are different. Mm. Our because it's such a tonal language, everything is different. The accents are different, and even like the culture and the people and Vietnam being um, populated with like 54 different ethnic groups. Or, hmm. And I got like, I had the opportunity to talk to a bunch of them and learn about their culture and like how different they are from like me, even yeah, though we're, yeah. we live in Vietnam and we speak Vietnamese. It was such a, it was such a, like an awesome experience. And, and what was that like for you uh, language wise? I'm always interested in, in, you know, people speaking different languages, learning different languages. What is it like for you recognizing that, oh, maybe the way that I am accustomed to speaking Vietnamese Mm -hmm. is not the Mm -hmm. same as this area? Yeah, I went to the north and like the central central Vietnam and I went to the supermarket and I'm just talking to like the ladies. I'm trying to negotiate. I'm Uh trying to bargain some prices. And they're throwing these like like very strong and heavy accents and like <laughs> phrases at me. And I'm like, I, I can't understand you. Uh-huh. I literally don't know what you're saying right now. That's so funny you say that because um, I, don't, I don't remember if I told you, but I, I lived in Indonesia for a while. And uh, there are some distinctions between um, like the national language, which is mm-hmm. Indonesian, and then local languages that are that differ from um, uh, province to province, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ethnic group to ethnic group. Uh, there's, there's some distinctions there. And... Um, I lived in in um, East Java, and the, the predominant local language there is Javanese. And I remember, again, in normal communication or traditional communication, whether you're at a bank, in a school, whatever, you know, people are speaking Indonesian. But if you go to the market, mm-hmm. there were always, and it was mostly women, mostly elder women, oh, yeah. who <laughs> sold fish and fruit. Uh-huh. And that's where I'd have to buy my food. And they spoke Javanese. And I... I we had learned a little bit enough to like say numbers and so I could understand what they were saying, but it was much more complicated mm-hmm. to like be able to communicate with them or haggle with them, something I was already pretty bad at. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's interesting for me to see how much the language usage changes depending on the location yeah. that you're at. Yeah. And I'm also interested in um, the program that you did because the program you did in Vietnam is. Um, not like directly enrolling into a university as yeah. some students may be mm-hmm. accustomed to, but a bit different. Can can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So SIT is a very unique program. Yeah. They have a school in Vermont, and basically they have a lot of branches um, of different countries. They 
are like connected with or involved with in Vietnam being one of them. So they have a branch in Vietnam and it's, it wasn't a school that I was enro- enrolled in. It was a classroom in a building that we always like uh-huh. meet up and congregate and have our classes and have our discussions and have our team bonding. Um, but the majority of like classes, learning and excursions and everything was done while traveling. And what, what kind of classes were you able to take while you were there? I took a bunch of like, so I'm a nursing major. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I'm used to like STEM focus. I'm yes. used to the research. I'm used to like things like that. The classes I took there, uh, were made up of like gender studies, um, mm. economics, um, independent research, Vietnamese, yeah. uh, a research component. It was, it was everything that I like wanted in a study abroad because I didn't want to take any like nursing related yeah, courses yeah. or any STEM or like science-y courses. And well, okay, a, I, I, that's a, I'm, I'm very curious about that because sometimes we hear students who are very anxious about not taking a course in their major. And don't get me wrong, nursing is, is particular, right, in the way that their courses are structured. But, um, but I think that there's still something to be said about the opportunities to take courses that may either come back as elective credit or uh, may come back as core credit or, or, you know, aren't directly related to your major or minor. Did you find that those courses that you took in Vietnam, um, you know, giving you the opportunity to take a break from your major courses as a nursing student were beneficial at all? I definitely think it was. And I think that because... The nursing school here is great. It's amazing. The curriculum is great. Wonderful professors. Everything is good. But I think one thing that it lacks is like the holistic view. Yeah. The holistic uh, global competency, like Uh. like just well-rounded nurse, well-rounded individual. Like they expose us to a lot of like social determinants of health and like things like that. But you don't really learn about the economy, which I think kind of like rules the world. Yeah. And like you're going to work in one of the biggest like corporation the hospital you know uh-huh, work in uh-huh. like one of the big businesses and you don't really know like how that operates so i had the opportunity to not only learn about like economic development but i had the opportunity to study and intern at a hospital not from like a nursing point of view but just kind of like working in the background to see how a private clinic works how this is in vietnam it, mm-hmm, uh-huh. how a public clinic works and like what like like, what is it doing? How does it benefit, like, the well, local... Well, t- t- tell us more about that, because it, it, it sounds like um, that you not only were getting, um, you know, some experience from, the, like, a, 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 you know, the, you know, you have your nursing major here, and you're, and you're learning about, to some extent, right, the U.S. healthcare system, but then you mm-hmm. go to Vietnam, and it seems like you're now getting a comparative approach. Yeah. Like there's something um, that you're able to draw these connections with. What, what was that like to you to see that distinction? Yeah, it was... It was kind of weird because obviously I'm born in Vietnam. I know how uh-huh, the uh-huh. healthcare works, but being from the US, I have this narrative of just any other countries. I think that v- that the US have like one of the best healthcare systems yeah. and that we're very advanced and that our curriculum and academic and licenses are whatever. But it was the exact same in Vietnam. All uh-huh. the nurses were competent. Everyone knows what they were doing. Everyone have the same like knowledge and studies and like classes that i've taken that i've learned and it wasn't like oh because i was better because i'm like from the u.s or i'm getting the u.s education it was the same education yeah because vietnam isn't recognized for like their medicine or and because like 90 percent of all like medical equipments are imported and Uh like medicine and like 
things like that. They're not recognized for like their abilities and things like that. And I think that everyone, including myself, thought that about Vietnam. But mm. seeing that how they operate, how the nurses take care of their patients, it's the exact same way that they're doing it here. Yeah, that's really interesting because what I'm hearing from you is kind of this idea that you know we we do have a, a strong educational system in the United States, but that that's often all that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, that there there can sometimes, without that comparative approach, be uh, an, a, a thought process that leads one to believe oh, this, this, that only one can be at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Where the reality is that. Uh, globally, uh, there are many great things happening. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to get that hands-on opportunity? Uh, you know, the, the SIT programs, the external programs that we we work with through SIT are are unique in that that's kind of their niche, right? Yeah. That they're a, a very hands-on um, experience that um, that gives students a, a type of uh, you know connection with the culture uh, that that uh, is not always found just in the classroom Mm -hmm. what what was that hands-on what did that look like for you I absolutely loved it I think I've learned more than I've ever learned ever in my entire Uh life which is in four months I I really appreciate like the academic advisor um Tan who really believed in like experiential learning Mm. and wanted us to experience things outside of the classroom. So she would take us on hikes and excursions and let us talk to the local people, the different ethnic groups. She would let us um, kind of like build things and just explore and go to the market to learn more Vietnamese rather than sitting down in a classroom and like being taught something directly from a professor. And I think it was really meaningful because not only did we get to see like oh like the Vietnamese people who speak this way talk this way dress this way but we saw it in real life we got to interact with them not only did we see like oh like these are the plants and these are the things that are growing in Vietnam and yeah. whatever we got to see it we got to pick it we get to eat it we get to like do all these different types of things and I think it was really meaningful and what, what kind of excursions were you able to do um, as part of the program we went all over Vietnam. Oh, we, wow. We traveled by buses, planes. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. Huh. Walking, trekking. We went from, so we started in the south. We went to um, central, and then from central we went to the highlands, and then to the north. So we went everywhere in Vietnam. And huh. it wasn't all academic related. Like some, some trips were just for fun. Some yeah. trips were just, oh, let's go to the beach. Yeah, let's go. Yeah to this mountain let's go on a hike let's you know like some of them was just mainly for our enjoyment but all of it was like we got something out of it we understood um the different languages we understood the different ethnic groups we understood the different things that were in these different regions and sit is unique and that um you're taking your courses right with other students from the u.s yes um but they could be from any, you know, you know, a Any. multitude of mm-hmm. universities. Mm-hmm. What what was it like for you? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious about the intergroup dynamics, right? Because uh, Vietnam is not particularly like one of the most um, um, popular study abroad destinations. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you're with a group of students who have chosen to go to exactly. Vietnam. Exactly. But they also might not have your background, right, with some previous uh, ability to communicate or right. uh, some previous experience in the country. What was it like for you in this kind of like cohort of, of students 
um, having this shared experience together. What were they like? Who were who who were they? And and how did you all connect? Yeah. So there were, <laughs> there's fourteen of us. Uh huh. And I think they made my entire study abroad experience. Mm. I absolutely love them. It's something about experiencing something new as a group makes you so vulnerable and so pure. Like these people are my best friends. Yeah. I, I still talk to some of them and I think they taught me a lot and I taught them a lot and it wasn't about like, oh, because I knew Vietnamese and they didn't or because I've been here and they didn't. It was it was more because it was new to me too. It was yeah. it was new to me. It was it was scary. Like everyone no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're uh-huh. doing. Uh-huh. It's and new for everybody, mm-hmm. yeah. We all live together. Uh, we all, like, go everywhere together. We all study together. It was more of, we're kind of forced to be each other's friends. Uh-huh. Because we're together for four months. Yeah. Basically every single day. Yeah. So, like, if, uh, obviously there were dramas. There were, people didn't. It has to be. <laughs> it has to There's be. There's no, drama. I mean, you can't bring 14 random people together and there be no drama. Exactly. But it was, it was drama to the point where we recognize that one person is wrong and we apologize and we move on from it. Not, oh, we won't talk to each other again because we're forced to be together all the time. We were forced to make friends. We're forced to have deep connections, deep, meaningful, like, relationships with each other because we're we're experiencing everything all at once at the same time. Um, So I think it was very unique and meaningful, um, like, getting to know them and being with these 14 people rather than like a big university mm-hmm. where I meet like hundreds of thousands of people a day. Were any of them, because the uniqueness of the program, I think, is in part the diversity of experience and the diversity of people. Were any of the other students nursing majors? Is it, did you? None of, not, no one was a nursing major. Everyone came from different backgrounds. We That's had like so a pre-med, pre-law, uh, an English major. Like everyone huh. came from different backgrounds. But it was... It was really interesting to me because I know why I picked Vietnam. Yes. But it, like to other people, I'm like, why did you pick Vietnam? Uh-huh. No one just picks Vietnam. Yeah. And so I think we connected on that a lot too. Mm. And I think like I got along with everyone so well because they picked Vietnam. Yeah. Like no one just, I don't know. It's just a specific. You, you, yeah, right. Like there, it, it's a, it's, it's an intentional choice. Right? Exactly. It's a draw that, um, you know, and, and I, I feel like I can say this because I studied abroad in Spain, and so it's, it's, I can I can shoot it down. But like sometimes the idea of studying abroad in a place like, um, you know, Spain or you know, is is it becomes le- it becomes more about a larger experience of being in Europe or mm-hmm, something. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's not the same as I think um, a group of fourteen students sitting down and saying there's something about this less um, less chosen country. Um, as at least as it relates to study abroad in the United States, it, you know, when it, when we look at the number of uh, students that go to particular countries, um, you know, Vietnam isn't isn't always at the top, and so it's it the, the choice has to be intentional, and that's a really cool conversation, I think. Yeah. What, what what were some of the reasons that that um, some of some of your your classmates decided to go to Vietnam? <laughs> they're all they're all very funny. Two of them picked Vietnam and signed up and applied very last minute because oh, wow. they wanted a completely new experience. Uh-huh. They didn't want to go to Europe. They didn't want to go anywhere that was familiar. With. They didn't want to go to an English-speaking country. Yeah. They wanted to literally immerse themselves and be so uncomfortable with being being so comfortable with being uncomfortable in an environment they've like never been to. And I love that for them. Yeah. Some other people, um, <laughs> they chose Vietnam because it's a, it is a 
communist slash socialist society yeah. and they wanted to know what that is like and how That's people operate and function and how the country like is what it is yeah economically socially and politically um and then there were i think four or five vietnamese students uh-huh. and we call ourselves like the heritage students uh-huh. um and that's the reason why we picked vietnam yeah. um and then other students for um, economics reason because vietnam is uh, one of those countries where they had a really big uh development uh especially with like the open market and like being a very um strong and like in good partnership with the u.s yeah it was very it was an interest for uh, for those I, i'm really interested in the heritage student piece because that's a conversation that um we often have about students who study abroad it, it's not particularly uncommon for um some students to want to go to a country because of their their their, their heritage and mm-hmm. their connection um, but you're saying that there was a group of you mm-hmm. um, um, who who chose. Did, did you find that that experience maybe amongst a few of you differed, right? I'm imagining that for some people it can look different than others. Oh, yeah. We we automatically grasped toward each other. Uh-huh. And we call ourselves the triplets because uh-huh. <laughs> it was three of us and then there were um, another Vietnamese student. But we kind of bonded on our like Asian-American experience. Yeah. Um, what it was like, like growing up in the U.S., being Vietnamese and yeah. stuff. But I was the only one that, like, um, that spoke Vietnamese uh, and also was like born born in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and there was this other student who spoke and can read and write in Vietnamese, but um, she but wasn't a, Vietnamese. She was Vietnamese, but she had a very like American. Um, ah, that's so interesting. Yeah, culture to it. So it was, even though we we have a share experience and share like common thing it w- we had very different um take on it yeah and so the, uh, I'm, I'm interested in um are you all taking the same classes yeah wow so yeah. it's it's all the classes every day well all i don't class- know every day but, uh <laughs> you spend a lot of time with this with i this spent group. a lot of time like nights late nights yeah. sleeping together sharing the same bathroom sharing the same bed sometimes like we got really really close really really fast and i think that that's an that's that's important to recognize because sometimes i think um there's a fear and trying out a new place or a new country right and 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 there's a tension that that pushes students to um lean more heavily into what is familiar right a country that may be familiar but one of those things that I think helps is this like cohort type experience that you can get on yeah. some of these external programs um, with with these providers, where, as you've said, you're you're building those relationships or you're you're sharing these new experiences together, and mm-hmm. it and it and it serves as a bit of a what I'm hearing at least is a comfort system, um, and sometimes that I imagine can be pretty rough. Yeah, there were there were a lot of rough times, but there were so many wonderful and amazing things that happened and came out of this that I've learned so much from personally and academically that I I think it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And not only going abroad, but going abroad with an external program. Yeah. I I don't think I would appreciate it as much if I was in like a big university yeah. or like with hundreds and thousands of people yeah. or like have a stable routine because we definitely didn't have a stable routine. <laughs> and you mentioned the challenges. What 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 were some of those challenges? You know, I, I think that um, study abroad in general, you know, there's some there's you know, some difficulty with it. What were some of the things that 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 you found that you had to push yourself through uh, yeah. while, while in Vietnam? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest one is the travel component. Yeah, I I knew that we would travel a lot、um, through like various like transportation systems. I just didn't know that it would be so exhausting sometimes <laughs> because we would travel. Let's say like we we would fly to an area and then we would travel by bus to get to another area and then from there you think you have a break but no you have a class. Oh wow! Class because she already made arrangements. She made arrangements with the local students with the professors there and then after that we have a field trip、mm-hmm. and then then we have a dinner together and then we have this and that. So it was it was socially exhausting and I wanted to put everything. That I had into every single day, into every new experience. Because it's limited time. Exactly, and then but sometimes I just could not do it. I was、mm. falling asleep. We had a fifteen minute break, and everyone was knocked. We had every time we get on the bus, we're knocked. Yeah, it was it was very exhausting sometimes, but because there were like these new experiences and new places that we're going to, and new people that we're able to talk to.、Um, we didn't want to like take it for granted. Right. So right. it was very frustrating when. We're so tired, and we can't put one hundred percent into something that we really want to. Yeah.、Um, but yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's tough, right? Because I can imagine this feeling of like, you know, I'm counting down the days. I only have I, so long. Exactly. And it's like I just want to stop and like smell the roses. Exactly. I just want to enjoy this view. I want to enjoy my time. I want to enjoy this food without being rushed. I want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes because she was so passionate about. Experiential learning and getting us out there and letting us experience everything—it was so rushed. Sometimes it was so like she wanted she wanted to fit everything in one day. Now you mentioned food, and I'm really curious.、Um, you know, there's there's a pretty a pretty hefty Vietnamese population in the United States and even in Boston.、Mm-hmm. I, I think I used to actually live in Dorchester,、um, oh. and I lived in the Savin Hill area, but. If you go just a little further back, there's a very,、uh, a very like、um, clear Vietnamese like community、oh, yeah. in, yeah. in that part. Yeah, it's called Little Saigon. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and I, I used to actually like walk from、um, like every either Saturday and Sunday and go to this Vietnamese restaurant. There were two Vietnamese restaurants like right across across the street from each other, and I would like switch off between which one I would go to on the weekends.、Um, and and so I, I'm curious, you know, having You know, being born in Vietnam, moved to the United States, living in Boston, and then going back. What is the experience like for you? And one, in comparing like the food, right? I know people will say, like, "Yeah, you can't compare to the original." <laughs> but what what do you think about the i about this?、Um, I mean, I think like pho is really popular in the United States,、mm-hmm. especially maybe I don't know ten ye- over the past ten to fifteen years. It's just like exploded、yeah. in the U.S. What do you think about this、um, this growing?、Um, Uh, presence of of particularly Vietnamese food in、mm-hmm. the U.S. I love it.、Uh-huh. I I I love it. I feel so like special that like Vietnamese food and like my culture and my food is like、yeah. getting out there.、Um, well, I mean, well deserved. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs>、um, I I don't know. I just feel so like happy and grateful that I had the experience to. Have Vietnamese food every time I go home because、yeah. my parents make it. Yeah,、uh, have Vietnamese food here and also like eating Vietnamese food for four months straight. Yeah, I had a host, a host mom. She cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me. She asked me every single day, "What do you want for breakfast? What do you want for lunch? What do you want for dinner?" 
and all of these dishes and all of these like things that I've always wanted to try, I would just tell her and she would just make it for me. Oh, wow. It was amazing. And another beautiful thing about Vietnam is like we're very big on street foods. Uh-huh. It's very cheap. It's very accessible. It's it's literally out there. You walk outside and you're like, what, what's there for lunch? There's 10 different restaurants. Wow. Just within like a foot. Uh-huh. Just in the sidewalk or like even on the road sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> so jealous. It's It was beautiful and I got to try a lot of different things and I didn't I didn't want to limit myself on anything so like I try like cricket uh-huh. oh wow I everything under the sun everything that our academic advisor was like oh hey like this is what's known for this region I'm like yeah. okay let's go out let's go eat it let's go do this let's go do that um so I was very fortunate enough to have um all like all of this access to like all different types of food mm. and that obviously it doesn't compare in the U.S. right but I can take those some of those recipes or some of those like ideas that i've had back to the u.s and like now that i have a kitchen i can cook yeah or that i can go to dorchester and then i can go back home and i can help out my grandparents and like things like that wow well i'm really uh happy that we had the opportunity to connect today misty because i i I just think that this is such a unique experience um being able to study abroad in vietnam and i I really i personally is a bit of a bias towards the sit programs i just really love the experiential mm-hmm. learning opportunities and the opportunities to um, kind of be be more more hands on mm-hmm. when 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 you have the opportunity to study abroad. I'll, I'll leave you with one last question: If you could give us um, uh, us listeners, those who maybe may not be as familiar with Vietnamese food, your top three, <laughs> what would you recommend? Okay, my top three. One is banseo, uh-huh. which is like a savory Vietnamese pancakes it's filled with like. Mm shrimp and meat and it's like crispy on the outside it's warm on the inside um it's eaten with like fish sauce and like lettuce and tomatoes and all the different type of stuff next is pho uh-huh everyone knows pho everyone loves pho um i think pho is very different here and it's very different in vietnam interesting in what way the pho itself, which is like the noodle. Like the, oh, yes. The noodle itself. The noodles here are not handmade. Every mm. single noodle in Vietnam is handmade. Wow. It's so, so good. It's and uh. it's very different. The texture is different. The even like the color is different. It's just it's just very different. But if you can if you can get pho here, get pho. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one, it's more of um like one of those home like recipes and like home foods uh-huh. it's basically dry fish that people have dried in the sun oh wow um and they wait till they're very crispy and like you can like just peel them off and like strip them um bones and everything and then you eat it with steaming hot rice huh. and a raw mango oh a chopped up raw mango but is it like the like the sweet mango or... It's like the sour one. Ah, that's sour, what I expected. <laughs> sour raw mango and then the savory like dry fish yeah. with the steaming hot rice and then fish sauce. Fish uh, sauce is everything. I'm so jealous of this opportunity. I saw a Facebook post once and it said something like, um, oh, the, I, I don't know, I've made it when I had pasta in Italy. And I always felt... For myself, it would be either having pho in Vietnam or ramen in Japan. I just, I just, once I have had that opportunity to sit down and, and that's when my life will be complete and I truly know that I, I, I've made it. 
I want to thank you uh, so much, Misty, for for sharing your experience. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned so much. I've got new foods to try um, that, that I'm super excited about. I want to thank all of our listeners um, for taking the time to um, to listen to, Mist- to Misty's experience and um, learn a little bit more about Vietnam. And as always, have a good day. Thanks, Misty. Thank you.